Lowry, the leader, continues to wildly impress on a night-in, night-out basis. It's next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. And on today's show, we'll discuss the continued development of Lowry Markkinen, the leader, maybe one of the most single important things on this team. Keontae George getting massively important experience that, frankly, very few other players on this Jazz team have. And we'll talk about the lack of clutch experience. LeBron needs some help from the Lakers. His teammates are not helping him out the way he needs to. And we're like 14, 15 games in are the standing set in the NBA. We'll look at all those things as tonight the Utah Jazz play the Los Angeles Lakers in the final in-season tournament group play game. The Jazz win it. They go to three and one in group play with a real chance to make the final eight. And so a huge one uh, tonight for the Jazz. I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast of the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way more fun to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free, available on all podcasting apps, including YouTube. And thank you very much to the everydayers who make Locked On Jazz what it is. I strongly suggest if you get a chance today, Locked On Lakers is great. Andy and Brian do incredible work. So if you get a chance on that. All right, big one tonight. Uh, In-season tournament game. So let me just set that for a second. Then I want to dig into Lowry. So here's the way it works. If the Jazz were to win tonight and go to 3-1 and one against, and the Lakers would then go to 3-1, and one, and in all likelihood, Phoenix would go to 3-1. and one. Then the team that has, and because of the fact that the Jazz will beat the Lakers, the Lakers will beat the Suns, and the Suns will beat the Jazz, the way you would divide it out is the team with the best point differential. So right now, the Lakers are plus 42, and the Jazz are plus 19, and the Suns are even. The Suns have two more games to play. So the tough one is if the Jazz need to actually beat the Lakers tonight by 23 points, that gets a little tough. Right, So the Jazz actually need to beat the Lakers by 23 points tonight to take a lead in the group. Part two of this is somebody is going to go into the West at 3-1 and one who has not won their group. That's going to be the fourth team. So right now, the Pelicans in Denver are both 2-1 and one in their group. If you've lost twice, you're kind of out. Sacramento and Minnesota are 2-0 and oh in their group. And they play, I think, tonight in a huge game of group play. And the Warriors are one and one with the Spurs and the Kings left. So either the Warriors or Kings will, you know, could they could actually all end up three and one in that group too. They have the same possibility. So then you're looking at point differential. Now the Jazz, I think on the last time I checked the FanDuel Sportsbook are like an eight and a half or nine and a half point dog tonight. So this would be tough. But right now the Jazz point differential is plus 19. If we were to stop today, the Jazz would get the fourth spot. So the Lakers, Pelicans, Kings would all win their groupings, and then the Jazz would be the fourth team in the Western Conference in. So with a win tonight over the Lakers, the Jazz go to 3-1. and one. They have to win by 23 to surpass the Lakers. 
or 24, actually, uh, or else they're tied with the Lakers. And then it actually goes to total points scored. So actually, Jazz actually just need to get to 23 because they've scored more points than the Lakers. Um, and so that would, uh, and if they beat the Lakers by 23, they'll still score more. So the Jazz need to blow the Lakers out tonight. If they do that, then Phoenix would have to go beat their opponents in the next two games by about 50 points, which it's Portland and Memphis they could do. So it'll be interesting to see. It kind of gets a little fun here. Um, if the Jazz win, then the next question is, can they win? You know, does, do you keep going as much as you can to win by as many as you can in the final minutes? Because your point differential compared to maybe Denver, New Orleans, Sacramento, Minnesota, Golden State, possibly Houston, really could matter. So it's a little bit different than we've ever had before. But that's playing in the final one tonight. All right. I am wildly impressed by Lowry Marketing. Wildly impressed. He got asked post-game the other night about when it was all about the shot and the foul and whether it was a foul or not. And then someone else asked, which I thought was a really good question, like, well, why'd you lose tonight? Like, what, what caused, what, what was the reason you lost tonight? Lowry's, like, not a natural leader. He's been working on this. It's probably the singular most important thing for the Utah Jazz this year is how Lowry develops as a leader. We're going to talk about it a lot. And Lowry, I think, true to the core of who he is, answered the question with, well, you just go back and you think about all the plays you could have made. And he talked about his missed free throws. He talked about a few missed threes. He talked about um, a rotation he missed defensively. That's leadership. That is elite, high-level, terrific leadership. I don't know whether he did it with the mind of leadership, but he just as easily could have said, well, we didn't rotate well enough. This is what we used to get, frankly, all the time. It was, we didn't rotate well enough. It was as though if we said we and included ourselves in it, then it was okay. But, like, that's not. Just say I. Just say I didn't defend well enough. I didn't rotate. Like, Lowry's teammate, Lowry scored 30-whatever points and had seven, 38 points and 17 rebounds that night. He very easily could have just been like, well, we didn't do this. We didn't do that, knowing that no one thought he was a part of it because he scored 38 points and 17 rebounds. He did the exact opposite. He did the exact opposite. He said, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't do these things. If you're his teammates and you heard that press, you're like, whoa, whoa, this guy just dropped 38 and 17. In front of the media, got asked about why we lost and talked about mistakes he made. Oh, I'm going harder the next day. The other one about Lowry is his body language and his energy, I've talked about this before, have just been outstanding all year. And what we're asking him to do is crazy, crazy difficult. So, um, we want Lowry to be a top 10 go-to guy in the NBA. And... um, That's truly not exactly how he's built. So Tim Lacombe pointed this out that, you know, we go these stretches where Lowry doesn't touch the ball. Tim Lacombe does the pre-halftime postgame show on radio. So, like, for example, there was a stretch in the other night on Sunday where in the last 15 positions, Lowry's three scoring touches were an attempt to uh, ISO and two offensive rebounds. This is where Lowry, I think, has really been an amazing leader. It, the way his game is and what we're asking him to do are a little incongruent. And so he could get really, really, really frustrated. 
So what we're asking him to do is be the go-to guy who takes all the pressure, takes all the heat. But the reality is his game is he needs people to set him up still. He is not an isolation player in the NBA yet. He has not reached that level. In fact, through some conversations with Tim, I then went and did a little research. So Lowry takes 79% of his shots within zero to two seconds of touch time. Zero to two seconds. His effective field goal percentage on those shots is 64%. On two to six seconds of touch time, which he actually did much more on Sunday than I've ever seen him do, he takes 19% of his shots, and his effective field goal percentage drops from 64 to 43. And on six seconds or more of touch time, Lowry has not scored all year. Contrast to that to the two guys we just played. Devin Booker takes 40% of his shots after six seconds of touch time. And has an effective field goal percentage of 63 on those. The same that Lowry has at on zero to two seconds. Durant takes 42% of his possessions in two to six seconds of touch time. And has a 60% effective field goal percentage. Durant's 31% 0 to 2, 42% 2 to 6, 26% 6 seconds or more. So Durant uses, make it simple, 68% of his possessions are 2 seconds or more. Devin Booker is 80% of his possessions are 2 seconds or more. This is what most of the elite scorers in the NBA are. Embiid's 60, 62%. Doncic is 83%, two seconds or more. Steph, who we think of as this catch-and-shoot wizard, is still 54%, two seconds or more. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is 86%, two seconds or more. Jokic, who's a little of everything, is 46%, two seconds or more. Giannis is 75%, two seconds or more. Donovan is 75%. And... Lowry is 79% two seconds or less. So he does not have the makeup of an elite scorer. What's the impact of this? I'll touch on that as we continue on this Tuesday edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and Linden. So the Hyundai lineup of cars is incredible. The SUVs start with the Palisade, which is just the King Poobah, and goes all the way down to the Kona, which is a small zippy uh, with the Tucson and the Santa Fe in between. they got a bunch of really cool options. they got the hybrid. They have the electric that is partially electric, partially gas. So if you're doing your small commutes, it's electric. Great lineup of cars, great safety features, great pricing. Also, the Sonata and the Elantra, and then the Ionics are the ones that are winning all the awards. So here's what I've got for you. I think you should look at Hyundai if you're looking for a new car. Then you decide what your own taste is. But I've got a VIP meeting set up for you in Logan, in Linden, or in Murray at 4646 South State Street. So email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com so that I can get you your VIP meeting over at Murdoch Hyundai and give you the locked on every day or treatment that you deserve. So email me, dlock09, gmail.com. If you're in the uh, market for a car right now, see what you can get over at Murdoch Hyundai. We'd like to help you out and give you that elite experience that you deserve. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. It is America's number one sports book. It is FanDuel. 
and FanDuel.com as a great deal for you right now. Uh, by the way, Jazz, I think uh, it's bounced all over the place tonight on FanDuel. I was checking it out earlier, um, and I was listening to Locked on Lakers this morning, and they mentioned it. I think the Jazz, while we need to win by 23 to win our take a commanding lead, we are now seven and a half. Wow, it's moving the other way. Seven and a half point uh, dog with the over under at 23.5 in tonight's game uh, over on FanDuel. FanDuel is the sports uh, official sports book of Locked On. It is the number one sports book. And here's the deal. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. So that's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action. The app's easy to use, spreads, players, props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, the official sports book of Locked On. I want to see one other line tonight. Phoenix, by the way, is a 13-point favorite over Portland, so that matters in the margin. And I do not seem to be right. That Sacramento-Minnesota, that game uh, that I thought was taking place tonight is not. So I apologize. For that. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. All right, so thank you very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. By the way, if you've not checked it out, the new first ever 24-7 sports stream on YouTube is Locked On Sports Today. Get the biggest stories for the local experts on Locked On, plus our national stories all day long on YouTube at Locked On Sports Today. If you're one who throws the TV up and has ESPN in the background, Stephen A. yelling at you the whole time, go throw Locked On Sports uh, up. Stephen A. is my guy, but um, people don't know that story. I hired Stephen A. to be like my NBA expert in 1994, maybe. Um, yeah, I'm old. So see, um, yeah, no, he was brilliant the whole time. He always has been. Uh, so anyway, uh, all right. So what's the impact of this on Lowry? And this is where I think his leadership has been amazing. Is that he doesn't dictate whether he gets his shots off. Like you just go give the ball to Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. They're going to go get a shot. Lowry doesn't do that. So Lowry is reliant on coming off pin downs, guys getting open, guys breaking the defense, kicking it out to him, letting him have opportunities. <laughs> He's not, not like 20. We run 20 isolations with him all year long. That's all we've done. Not, and, and it's, and Will knows this is where he needs to develop, but this is not his game. Like, in contrast, Lucas run 171, Shays run 150, Jason Tabes run 150, Yas run 140, Julius Randles run 141 to the demise of the Knicks. Kevin Durant's run 133, right? Like, Lowry's in the group of like 104th in the amount of, isolations he's run this year he's not terrible at it he's learning how at seven feet tall how to pop over someone he i think he ranks about 36th at one point of possession in about the 58th percentile of guys who isolation he just it's not his natural game so it has a lot of impacts one is we keep talking about well lowry's next step is to to create for his teammates well if you only have the ball for zero to two seconds you're not creating for your teammates he's he's not he doesn't have time to bend the defense so as great as he is right now, and he's amazing, he's not a star that's opening up opportunities for other players yet. And he's not a star yet that can go get his own shots. So half-court offense for us in a game like Phoenix, when they're just body-hugging Lowry all night, which is what everyone's going to do, it gets really, really hard. So this is where Lowry has to develop and work on his game. It also is where Lowry's leadership has been incredible. Because he's staying with games, even on nights where he's not getting certain stuff. He's creating other opportunities. He's not forcing shots. He's keeping a great demeanor, and he's being an amazing leader. 
But this is really, 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 really important when we think of Lowry marketing. Let's watch this number. Tim Lacombe did a great job in finding this. One is, can he get more efficient when he's had the ball for more than two seconds? Two, can he start creating for teammates when he's had the ball for more than two seconds? And how much more often does he suddenly take a shot after two seconds? The other one that Will Hardy talked about in the presser the other day is like, hey, if, if we ISO Lowry at the nail, which is at the free throw line, or one of the elbows, which is the edge, that's okay. We go give him an isolation outside the three-point line. We're not playing to his strengths. That's not really what he does. That's probably not going to serve him particularly well. <clears throat> so that's an interesting kind of way to look at this is that as you develop this skill, you just, you know, we have these stretches where Lowry needs more shots. How does Lowry get more shots? We hear the media ask all the time, how does Lowry? But we don't hear, uh, what we don't hear is anything of the sort of, um, you know, an understanding of, well, okay, maybe it's not actually in Lowry's game to just go get more shots. So we'll see. The last two nights for Keontae George are wildly important. And that is because he's playing clutch minutes in big time moments that can't be replicated. And one thing I think we have to remember about this team is actually how limited everybody is in that regard. So we talked about this at some point last year, but I thought it was worth bringing back up today. Um, Jordan Clarkson last year in the and speaking of Will Hardy, by the way, the Holly Row uh, front row podcast with Will Hardy sh- should drop today on Jazz Plus, an in-depth interview with Will Hardy. Um, so make sure you go grab that. Uh, it'll be on Jazz Plus for Jazz Plus members. Holly did an incredible interview with Ryan Smith, fifty-three minute um, extravaganza. I was that's just so long. I was so impressed. Um, fifty-three minutes of interviewing someone is like. And to keep it rolling is seriously like um, it's work. It's, and uh, it was good. A lot of most interesting thing to me about that interview was a, <clears throat> Ryan time at Korea and his time there and the impact that had on his life. But anyway, Will Hardy today comes out on Jazz Plus, so make sure you grab that. Um, so what I would say about Keontae is look at the contrast to the guys we think are our veterans. So we think our veterans, I think, are Clarkson, Markin, and Olenek, right? Maybe John Collins also. So last year, Jordan Clarkson played 29 clutch games. Yeah, so what? Okay. Clutch games are games within five points in the final five minutes. Previous year, Jordan played 16. The year before that, he played 11. So Jordan played more clutch games last year than he had in the two years combined. In the three prior years, Jordan had only played in 38 clutch games. It wasn't what his role was. You can go really be really, really good and go long stretches of your career where you're not playing in clutch games. And then even more, like Keontae took shots and is involved in it. Jordan took 67 clutch shots last year. In the previous four years, he only took 62. Lowry Markkinen, going into last year, this is crazy. 59 of his 64 clutch shots were threes. Going into last year, in his career, 59 of his 64 clutch shots were threes. All he did in the clutch was stand out there and wait for a shot. Last year, he took more shots in the clutch than he had in his entire career combined, and only 27 of the 65 were threes. So brand new experience. In the final two minutes of his career, 
Lowry had taken 17 shots. 14 of them were threes. Last year, only six of 15 shots were threes. And again, he took more shots in the final two minutes last year than he took in his entire career. Kelly Olynyk last year took 36 shots in the career. In the three previous years combined, he had taken 25. He had 15 assists. He had eight in the five previous years. So we've got veterans on our team that are just getting the experience of playing late game clutch moments for the first time in their entire career last year. Now they're building off of it. And here we got Keontae getting them as a rookie. Massively important. And handling it. Making mistakes, but handling it. It's also worth remembering tonight, or frankly the other night, like how many clutch moments do you think Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Eric Gordon have played? Right? Like sometimes we got to remember in perspective of like who we are. Here, <clears throat> here we're going to have a clutch lineup closing the game of John Collins, Lowry Barkett, and Jordan Clarkson. Keontae George, maybe Ochai Abaji playing clutch for the first time in his entire life up against Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and then tonight against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like, just because this is fun, and I wanted to talk about LeBron, is, like, I wonder what that number is on LeBron. Right? Like, that's got to be crazy. It's got to be a crazy number. LeBron James, who, by the way, tonight will play his 1,435th game. 1,435th game. I mean, and he is unbelievable. And the Lakers have got to give him some help because he is going to die in the vine here pretty soon. It is insane what he is doing. He maybe should be like the MVP of the league right now. LeBron has played 832 clutch games in his career. 832 clutch games in his career. Wow. You want a crazy number? So the Lakers are the worst first quarter team in the NBA. This is why the Lakers need to give LeBron some help. So they've had to come from behind. They're the number one clutch team in the league right now. LeBron in the final five minutes of a close game this year is 15 of 21 from the field. 15 of 21 from the field. At 77 years old. It's madness. All right, the Lakers need to give LeBron some help and are the standings set? We'll look at both of those things. By the way, tonight's game, 8 o'clock start for you. Available on Sirius XM. All local home team broadcasts are available on Sirius XM this year. Make sure you go subscribe to Sirius XM. If you have a smart speaker and you're subscribed, you can just tell your smart speaker to play Utah Jazz basketball on Sirius XM. Kind of a cool little feature there um, from Sirius XM and a good way to listen to myself and Ron, which I would always appreciate. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at PrizePix. Daily fantasy sports made easy and fun. So rather than going up against sharks or a bunch of people that are Got computer programs and this and that and all these things. The way prize picks work is you pick two or six player stat projections, watch, pick more or less, and watch the winnings come in. So a minimum of, as you think about it, you can just go find and you have a chance to win a few more. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their stats. That easy, that fun. 
Who do you think is going off tonight? Somewhere in the NBA. Or you can get involved with NBA and NFL at the same time. Steph, Anthony Davis, Luca, KD. <clears throat> players, uh, prize picks even offers reboot policy. So in the event of one of your players getting injured in football or basketball and they exit the game in the first half and do not return in the second, the player is rebooted and prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with that injury insurance policy. Go test your skills. Have a really good time. Prize picks is really simple to play and a great deal. Fun, quick withdrawals, easy game play. Number one daily fantasy sports app prize picks. Here's the fun part. <clears throat> if you use the promo code locked on NBA, you get a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the promo code locked on NBA for a deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Thanks so much for making locked on jazz your first listen of the day. And thank you to the everydayers <clears throat> that make locked on what it is. Jazz tonight, eight o'clock game is no local television so it's only local radio tonight ron boone and i are on otherwise it's a nationally televised game so please join in sync to the national broadcast listen to your local guys who know what's going on um in the meantime uh make sure by the way jazz plus has all these great programs so I, the holly row 50 minutes sit down with ryan smith the uh, Shoot Your Shot with Will Hardy's terrific. So if you've not checked those out, take the time. Load your app up on Roku uh, and go watch it. Super easy uh, to do. All right. Um, LeBron's incredible. And the Lakers need to help him. There's a lot of guys on this Laker team, Austin Reeves, others, that are super, people are super excited about. On the opening night of the year, LeBron James played 29 minutes, and Darvin Ham gave this entire talk about the fact that LeBron James was not going to play over 30, maybe a few here or there, da 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 but we've got to manage his minutes. And then they got to the fourth quarter of the Phoenix Suns game in the second game of the entire year, and it became completely obvious that they couldn't take LeBron off the floor, and he played all 12 minutes of the fourth quarter. And then the next night, he played 11 minutes of the fourth quarter. And the next night, he played nine minutes of the fourth quarter. And the next night, he played 11 minutes and 36 of the fourth quarter. And then he played all 12 against Miami and all 12 against Phoenix and 10-30 against Sacramento and 10-50 against Portland and all 12 last night against Houston, in which he scored 13 points in the fourth quarter alone. He has had double-digit scoring games in four fourth quarters. He has had nine or more fourth points in uh in seven fourth quarters, he has scored over seven points. He's averaging 9.2 points a fourth quarter. He is shooting 66% in fourth quarters with a going six of 19 from three. I, I, I think he's the greatest player to ever play the game. Okay? Like, Michael might have been a better winner, but he's the greatest. He's 39. He, he can't do this. They they have to get him some help. They should be in like a dead flat panic about this. There's a track record of a few years now that if LeBron does this, he goes on these runs and then he gets hurt. They are 16 points per 100 possessions better when LeBron is on the floor offensively and 13 points per 100 possessions better when he's on the floor defensively. The Los Angeles Lakers are plus 28 points per 100 possessions when LeBron James is on the floor compared to when he's off the floor. 28! He should be the MVP of the league right now. 
That's craziness. They literally have built a team that is still 100% dependent on LeBron James being on the floor every minute of the night. It's actually relative insanity that they're negative 7.1 when Anthony Davis is on the floor this year. They're minus three points. They're three points per 100 possessions worse offensively and four points worse defensively. I mean, LeBron, it's fine. It's a small sample size, but it's not. There should never have been a 12-game stretch for the Los Angeles Lakers this year where this took place. They are driving him into the ground out of desperation because they have to get regular season wins because they're just not that good. They're eight and six with a negative one differential, and they have the greatest player in the history of the game, and they're driving him into the ground at 39 years old. It is astronomical to look at what LeBron is doing. You can look at it like guys who've played 20 years in the league. You can look at it by age. Like the other guys who did this, Paul Pierce was on his wheelchair. LeBron, Kevin Garnett was a shadow. Guys who've played at this age were shadows of themselves. This dude is carrying his team still. And not only carrying it, like they're desperately dependent on him. It's madness. Absolute madness. Their offense ranks 23rd in the NBA. It's total madness. Here's even more madness. They're the second most common transition team in the NBA. So like LeBron's running. That's how they're surviving. They're surviving by running. It's absolutely incredible. They run 6% more when LeBron's on the floor than when he's off the floor. And he's 90. Their half-court offense is 17 points per 100 possessions better when LeBron is on the floor than when he's off the floor. 17! It's craziness. Austin Reeves has not been the all-world put-a-Hollywood star on the walkway player that they thought he was going to be. D'Angelo Russell's been fine. Cam Reddish has been a nice surprise. Christian Wood, Rui Hashimura, Torian Prince. They're kind of all who they are. They didn't change just because they put on the purple and gold. It's Some of this is just incredible. LeBron has been like criticized for years for taking defense off. Their defense is six points per 100 possessions better in the half court when LeBron's on the floor. It's astronomical. All right. If I told you the NBA standings in the Eastern Conference were going to finish in the following way, what would you say? Boston 1, Philly 2, Milwaukee 3, Miami 4, Orlando 5. Eh? Indiana 6, or New York 6, Indiana 7. They're tied. Cleveland 8, Atlanta 9, Brooklyn 10. I kind of buy it, right? The five teams in the East to not make the play-in, Toronto, Chicago, Hornets, Wizards, Pistons. I think we might be 10 for 10 already in the Eastern Conference. Now, Toronto and Brooklyn are tied at 6 and 7 each, so they're tied, so it's a little hard to tell. But, like, the, I think... I actually think the Eastern Conference 10 playoff teams are set. Brooklyn or Toronto is going to be the other one. Like, they're they're tied. And 
Yeah, maybe New York and Cleveland will knock Orlando and Indiana out of 5-6 and, and get in, they'll be in the play-in. And the top four will be the top four. What about in the West? If the season ended with Minnesota 1, which is I projected last year, Denver 2, Oklahoma City 3, stunning. Dallas 4, Sacramento 5, Lakers 6, Suns 7, Rockets, Pelicans 8-9, Warriors 10. With the five teams not making the playoffs, being the Clippers, Jazz, Grizzlies, Blazers, Spurs. So probably you're throwing the Clippers into the playoffs, right? And they've won two in a row. And you're taking out probably the Rockets or the Pelicans. I kind of think we have 19 of the 20 teams that are going to be playing in the play and set in the playoffs or in the standings already. Isn't that crazy? Kind of crazy. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Jazz. I have a great fun doing the show. I hope you enjoy it as well. We will now send you and your, and uh, over to the first ever 24-7 national sports stream on YouTube. Locked on sports today. Thanks very much for being a part of Locked on Jazz, your team every day.